Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome. Yes, welcome to episode 7 of the Gamer Knots. We're back once again at a random day of the week, but we have a good explanation why. We have COVID! Yeah! Well, we don't. But someone we know does. Your girlfriend. Yes. And my house so. got flooded. It's been a week. <laughs> it's, it, it's been quite, <laughs> quite a long week. Let's just put it that way. It has, it has. It's been... Oh. But the show crazy. does go on. Yes, we promised that we bring you back, uh, bring you at least one episode a week. And even though our lives are falling apart, we thought we can't let our listeners leave, uh, leave our listeners behind. We have to bring them along for the ride. I like how so, you pluralized listeners. It should just be a listener. Well, <laughs> multiple people do listen. <laughs> Maybe in the future it'll be just a listener. That's multi- true. That's true. That, this is future proofing ourselves. That, that's the, actually a good way of putting it. Yes, multiple people have okay. listened. Though to be fair, our last episode wasn't our best numbers-wise, but it got us to over 100 listeners in total. I think we were there a while ago, judging by the Apple Analytics numbers, but uh, yes, over 100 listeners, so thank you for those who, for some reason, have subscribed subscribed to this uh, podcast and keep listening each week. Very Those nutters? They are nutters, but we love you. Thank you. Different accent. Okay. So, Belia. Yeah, I stopped being creepy. I'm not being creepy. This is my my natural voice. I'm not being creepy. Leave me alone. Okay. They probably can't even hear us. So, Belia. <laughs> no, probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's delve right into the games. Or, unless should we. Well, we should, maybe let's give an update in our lives, actually. We. Went to our first concert post COVID, or well, we're still in COVID, but our first concert post lockdown, I suppose. Yeah, we did. It was fun and, and scary at the same time. Oh, downhill from there. It did. Well, the day before that, my uh, house got flooded. I was running a bath. I thought because I could have quite a big bath and the taps aren't the fastest, so I thought I'll take a break. I'll take a break. I'll just sit up the stairs for a little bit for about. Five, ten minutes and let it fill up. Then when I came down the stairs, turns out the hot water pipe burst. Uh, and I, when I saw a little bit of dribble out the bottom of the bath, because I have a panel, pulled the panel off, water came gushing out. Hot water burned my feet. I am now in bandages. And taking, oh. Yes, I, asked, I need to go to the doctors. Uh, doc- doctors are still a nightmare, like the fact that it's like something, they're just not seeing people still, and it's very annoying. Like the fact that we can, yeah. and I know, I know they get a lot of flack, and they don't deserve it, in my opinion. A lot of people, the abuse they're getting, um, is undeserved. But it's just a little annoying, especially when there's you know three thousand people in one room for a gig, or however many people are there, a thousand, I don't know. Yeah, and you can't even go see a, a doctor. Yeah, like socially distance or anything like that with masks on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that uh, it was just uncontrollable. It built up underneath the panel. Then when we pulled it off, it just came flooding out. Uh, but the the, pipe, the the hole was massive on the 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 pipe itself. that burst and it just completely overwhelmed us. And we didn't know a lot of people probably say, "Well, why didn't you go to the valve to turn it off?" Well, we didn't know where it was, and the reason we didn't know where it was because it's hidden. It's in a very weird place. 
So we knew where certain valves were, but we didn't know which part of the like plumbing they turned off water-wise. Um, so it turns out the valve for the bathroom is under the cupboard in the kitchen, but it's behind a panel. And you have to take the panel of the cupboard off to find it. But we have never... I suppose that's actually fair enough. <laughs> yeah, there's no that, indication... That, that's a place. There's no indication there's a water valve because there's like kitchen cupboards and there's a little gap to set from the wall to the, the cupboard, but you can't see that because the counter goes over it and our uh, cooker's near it as well and there's a little um, cupboard there as well and they're all joined at the top, so you can't actually see there's a gap. Um... Unless you look at the floor, even then there's a little bit of a panel to or hide the gap. Um, so yeah, because like, we went looking in there, so it must be a because we went to the one under the sink. Uh, there's multiple ones there, but that didn't do anything. It turns out it's completely hidden. You actually have to you have to take the shelf off and take the bottom shelf off, and then pull this panel, and then it reveals the wall. And we had no idea that there was even a pipe there. Or a, a valve there, since we've been here ten years, we've never had to turn off the the water before. Uh, mm-hmm. and it even took the plumber a while to find it. You had to follow the pipes from the kitchen. Uh, it was just a very weird spot, and we were never told where it was. So, but even then, even if we knew where it was, it was too late. Like it was just so overwhelming and really fast. Yeah, it's a, it a big thick pipe that was just gushing out water. Uh. So no matter what, it was, it was going to happen. Couldn't stop it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's all. Um, managed to clear that up quickly. And it's, the damage doesn't actually look that bad because we, we have been flooded before and we learned a lot from that last time. So we closed the doors and put tiles underneath the doors and diverted the water straight out of the front door. And it's only the hall that's been damaged. And even then, like, you'd have to like kind of look to tell if it has been damaged. So it doesn't actually look that bad. Uh, but yeah, that happened. Then we went to a concert, and then someone got COVID. Yes, and that's where we are now. Though I, I tested positive the day before, or two days before, wherever it was, on the lateral flow test, but that turned out to be nothing, thankfully. But unfortunately, See, that's what our... we were kind of hoping for is that that was just going to be the same thing, but um, unfortunately not. So I found out what it might have been. So my mom had a cold. Right. She works in a school. So she had, because she went and got tested as well, and she was negative. Uh, and I had a bit of a stuffy nose and stuff like that um, leading up to that. So I've read online that what they think it is, they think it's actually new strains of another coronavirus that's going around, but it's not the coronavirus. Uh, right. Uh, the one that's, you know, it's because there's millions of coronaviruses. We've lived with them for years. This just happens to be a COVID nineteen happens to be a very deadly strain of it. Um, so it just happened to pick up the cold that I had. So it wasn't COVID. COVID. See, I was actually it. wondering about that. Whether like these lateral flow tests do pick up um, colds and flus. Apparently they um, do. Uh, I saw that, red that on the news. Have, anyway. like, a, that means you're going to have quite a few false negatives, or, or sorry, false positives over the next yeah. few months. Yeah, definitely, especially the next year. Good, I don't know what it's going to be like the next few months. Also, it's not, 
I don't think it'll be as bad as last year, but maybe it will. We just don't know, like, what it's going to be like. Because last year was really scary. Like, there was a thousand deaths a day at one point. Oh, it's, it was awful. Yeah, really, it was really bad. Really tragic. But at least now I don't think got... the winter will go to that tier again, but it's, I don't think it's going to be all that great. Yeah, well, there's these, like, super cold going around. People are, like, getting the cold for, like, two weeks and stuff like yeah. that. I think uh, a lot no, of people is... have been. Um, because one my mom has like she's really she's usually because she works when well, she's worked in a school for years now and she says like she thinks her immune system is usually quite strong because she's always picking up different types of colds from kids. Aye. So whenever she is ill, she's never really that ill. But this is the first time she's like really been quite bad with a cold. By it. So I think we're just our immune systems just aren't. Uh, we haven't really no, been no, exposed. Not strong enough at the moment. Yeah, we just haven't been exposed to a lot of different coronaviruses out there. We'd be naturally get anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. But yes, we, we went to a concert then. Uh, Billy's girlfriend got, unfortunately got COVID, but thankfully... Well, you're getting your test tomorrow, aren't you, on Tuesday? Yeah, I'll get my proper test tomorrow. Yeah, so hopefully that'll come back negative. Uh, how's Eka doing anyway? Is she okay? She's well, yeah. But That's good. She, then she's still got like cold and flu symptoms, but um, like she's eating, she's up on her feet. That's good. Um, That's kind of like the... The main thing, really, that she's not, you know, feeling really, really bad. Though she's not 100%, but um, at least, you know, she can eat her dinner, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is, to me, you know, a good sign. Oh, definitely. I, can't, I would hate to imagine what it was like without uh, any of the vaccines or anything like that. Oh, I know. So, Bill. Yes. Before we... Have you ever heard of... Uh... The moment of truth. No, I don't think so. So I follow Hassan Piker. You know who he is, is a Twitch streamer. Giant bomb thing. No, no, no. This no. is a uh, something else. Uh, Hassan Piker, the Twitch streamer guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So he tweeted that he was watching a show called The Moment of Truth. Right. And you know that? Remember Stella Black? Uh, yes, she had a, a it was called like Sella's moment of truth or something like that. Yeah. Uh, did you ever watch that? Uh, no, I didn't. It was basically where um they would set they would bring in a family. I think it was originally based on a TV show in Japan. So they bring in a family and say you if you do this task, this really difficult task like like rope walking on a, a line or something like that. Or, you're going to say something really bad there, like if you cut off a family member's leg or something. I was like, what? Well, <laughs> what kind of show is this? Well, and I'm interested. Yeah, it gets interesting. So it's a show. Anyway, I'll, I'll describe what I thought because when Hassan tweeted it, I thought, wow, he's watching the Cell of Black show, The Moment of Truth, which I thought was a very odd thing to watch for an American yeah. or Turkish uh, Twitch streamer to watch. I know. I was thinking that I was like. What, what yeah. has he got to do with Cella Black? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll read out the format. So it's like it says uh, for the British ones, each week three families will get the chance to win fabulous prizes from Cella's dream directory. These stuff will be cars, holidays, televisions, and each member of the family will pick a prize that they wanted. However, to earn the prize, one member of the family, usually the mum or dad, but occasionally an older child, has to perform a very tricky task, such as building a pyramid of cards, playing a piece <laughs> of music on a keyboard, or remembering capital cities of the world. They are given seven days to practice it, but when they arrive at the studio the next week, they have one chance and only one chance 
to get it right on the night. If they do, they win the prize they choose. If they don't, they, they lose the prizes they choose. Unlike the original Japanese version, if nominated the family member falls and fails in tax, then the younger children are given a cons- consultation prize. So I originally thought it was that, which I've watched before. I watched it on like UK TV Gold and stuff or Challenge when it was on that. Mm-hmm. Or even when it was on the original. Got Challenge. <laughs> uh, S- or ITV. Um, so I thought, wow, why is Hassan watching Cilla Black? But it turns out it's not. It's this other TV show in America called The Bone of Truth. But the format is absolutely... It's one of the most brutal shows I've ever watched. Um, oh, really? <laughs> I'm not joking. It's absolutely horrific. <laughs> so it's an American game show. And I'll read out the formats on Wikipedia. And it's such... It's so captivating. Like I just can't stop watching it. I only watch it when he watches it. But some of the stuff that comes out of the show... It's crazy. Like, people have died because of the show. Like, we're murdered because of it. So, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, this, this, <laughs> it gets crazy. So I thought, wow, he's watching Cilla Black, and then I tuned in, and I thought, oh, he's not watching Cilla Black. <laughs> not Cilla Black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. So I thought I'd give the, uh, raise, this, uh, raise this up, bring this up for attention. So, prior to the show, this is the American one, a contestant is administered a polygraph exam and is asked 100 questions. 50 questions in season one, many of which are asked again in front of a studio audience during the actual taping of the program. Without knowing the results of the polygraph, they are asked 21 of those same questions again on the program, each becoming progressively more personal in nature. <laughs> Very personal, let's say. Oh. If the contestant answers according to the polygraph results, they move on to the next question. However, should a contestant lie in their answer, as determined by the polygraph test, or simply refuse to answer a question after it has been asked, the game ends. If they give a false answer before the $25,000 level of questions, they leave with nothing. After the $25,000 level, if a false answer, answer is given, the contestant leaves with 25000 During the first season, a false answer on the level may cause the player to leave with nothing, blah, blah, blah. For each tier of questions answered correctly, the contestant wins the corresponding amount of money. A contestant may stop any time before a question is asked and collect their earnings, but once they hear a question, they must answer it or lose the game. Answering all 21 questions truthfully, as determined by the polygraph results, wins the jackpot of $500,000. So, this is it really, it's, it's rough. So, it gets, it gets weird. The questions vary, increasing in difficulty and the degree of the personal nature of questions. Sometimes a surprise guest, such as an ex-partner or a good friend... Right. Come on stage okay. and ask a particularly difficult question. Friends, colleagues, and family of the contestant who are gathered near the player have access to a button, which can be used to switch out a question once per game if they feel the nature of the question is too personal. An opinion which is introduced to them after the third, qu- an option rather, is introduced to them after the third question. So, <laughs> it's this is where it like, really gets brutal. Um. Because there's been a lot of controversies around this. So this is one of the controversies. This is one of the episodes I watched with Hassan. So it's an episode 5 which aired blah blah blah. Over the course of a play a female contestant truthfully admitted that she had been fired for stealing from her employer. She felt that her ex-boyfriend who was present and asked the question is the man she should be married to and that since her wedding day two, day, blah, wedding day two years earlier she had sexual relations with someone other than her husband. After truthfully admitting these actions, with her mother staring furiously at her and her husband, 
Sitting with his heads in his hands, she was eliminated on an all-or-nothing question that could have won her $200,000 when she lied by answering that she still believes she is a good person. Uh, no. So that episode was broke. Because basically, <laughs> basically, one of the questions... Um, so one of those watching last night. So the guy's sitting there, all the family is sitting there watching. And the questions start off with like something silly, like, you know... Um, I think one of the questions was, have you ever made a, a wax model of your penis? Um, oh, which is a very weird question to ask. That's, that's, a one of the, question. that's one of the tame ones. Then it gets more personal. It's like, have you ever felt that your wife has been excessively jealous about other women? And he goes, yes. And that was true. Um, and it gets more personal and says like, uh, have you ever dated, uh, do you still, like, have you ever dated anyone you would class more attractive than your wife? Uh, oh right, okay. Then he goes, "Yes, okay. I have," and that was true. Um, and that just keeps getting worse. It's really, but like this show has broken up, broken families, and broken marriages. Like, uh, then is the one they get. Then once they pat, like, I think they focus on the wife for a little bit. Then they move to his mother. Uh, and I think one of the questions was like, "Do you feel like, uh, you were honest about your religious beliefs with your mother?" Or something like that, and then he goes, or it wasn't basically he says, or you lied about your religious belief, and he said, Yes, I have lied. Um, then it got really personal. It's like, Do you feel like your father worked hard enough to provide for your family? Oh, then he goes, No, and then that came true. Then a surprise guest comes out. Guess who's the guest? It's the dad, it's the father. Then the father asks, Uh, like, do you feel like after everything that's happened in your past or something like that, do you feel like your father still loved you? Or do you feel like I still love you? And then the guy goes, yes. Then it turns out to be true. Well, he still feel like his dad loves him. And then you find out that, you know, because we don't really know much about him. And you learn more about him as the show goes on. The reason why, because the question was phrased in a way that something happened in the past that made the family, like his dad, fall out with him or something like that. And you later learned that he was a former drug addict who's been, was taking drugs daily for two years and it completely broke his family apart. Um, so that, that was like a real upsetting thing. Then later on, it goes back to the wife. Then it says, do you have any sexual attraction towards your wife's siblings? Uh, and he goes, yes, I do have a sexual attraction towards uh, <laughs> his <laughs> wife's sisters. Uh, I think I think the one other one was, is like, have you ever like dated? Basically, it was something about dating, and he says yes, and turns out he's actually dated two of his, his wife's other sisters. Uh, so he's dated like all three uh, women in that family. Um, but then it just keeps getting worse, and it's like, uh, and he asked if he ever had any sexual relations with your friend's wife during marriage, and he goes yes. Uh, then like the, the poor wife, like, she just breaks down and starts crying because he's basically admitted that he's cheated on her. Um, it's a brutal show. Well, that's just a, a very tame example. But, like, in all other versions of that show, like, someone in Chile, or Chile, was murdered after the show because she said like, she cheated on him and stuff. Then, when they got home, like, he poisoned her and strangled her and stuff like that. Um, it's an absolutely brutal show. They're all on YouTube before I watch them. But some of the stuff that, that happens, it's like, it's really, it's like all real people and real families that are just completely broken by that show. And it was cancelled after one season. 
because I'm not as surprised. It's a bit, a bit brutal. It's <laughs> <laughs> really, it really is real. You know you that way when you first, um, when you first brought it up, I was like, right, okay. So you ask a few, you know, personal questions, um, and you can win up to five hundred thousand dollars. I was like, I right, ask me whatever you want. Um, on the back of that, you you, you make it makes you kind of go like. I've got nothing to hide, but at the same time, it's like, oh, sugar, like that. Those are some really nasty questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no surprise it's broken families. So apparently a second season was filmed, but they were all unaired. Um, oh. Yeah, like I think like they filmed so many episodes and like 15 of them have gone unaired. They were on YouTube at some point, but they're taken down. But one of the questions, right, from season two, it was a $500,000 question. The question was, do you feel like in the past that your father had sex with an underage girl. Oh! And she goes, she goes, yes. <laughs> well, her father's sitting right there. <laughs> and it came back oh, true, and she got $500,000 from it. Uh, the dad wouldn't some, be best pleased. No, I like, just, I don't know how they find these things, or why they ask these questions. It's very odd, but, like, it un- unveils a lot of secrets about the families. Like, there's a lot of the families that are on there. Like, no, no family's perfect, obviously, but uh, it really exposes a lot about the family, and they're just sitting there not knowing what the question's going to be, not knowing who's going to come out. And one of the episodes, the one with the woman who stole from her old job, like, she said that she's still in love with another man, even though he's married. She's married to her husband. Then guess who? Then guess what? The special guest is the other man she's in love with comes out. Oh. And ask her a question, says, uh, you know, if you still love me, would you leave your marriage for me or something like that? And she goes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a brutal show. Highly recommend it. Sounds good. Uh, that actually does sound like it. Be, yeah, they're on, they're it's on one YouTube. of those ones would be like, it's an awful watch, but a brilliant watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, that, that, that's a crazy, crazy game show. It's almost like the American Squid Game equivalent, just instead yeah, of killing fa- people, they're breaking families apart. Breaking families <laughs> apart, yeah. All for the sake of five hundred thousand dollars. Like, what, what's what's worth more, your family or five hundred thousand dollars? Well, that's the thing. Like, people get greedy, and then if they make one mistake, if it, their answer doesn't match up for the polygraph, then I said they lose everything. Have you broken your family apart for what? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, don't mind uh, a couple of like truthful questions, but. Keep it sort of, you know, tame. <laughs> that just seems so brutal. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. It's that's not even some of the worst that I've heard. Uh, there's, just, there's just a lot to take in when I was watching it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's watching more later. I might just watch them on my own. But it's, it's fun watching it on a, a Twitch stream and getting people's yeah. reactions and stuff like that. Anywho, let's move away from that. Let's get a bit more positive. So, Bill, you didn't buy a Switch OLED, but someone else, you, your girlfriend bought yeah. one. You have okay, experience yeah. of she, using a Switch a OLED now. I do, uh, finally. It's, it's so, wonderful and I want one. Yes. It's just a, it's just a nice machine. Um, it's, like, it's not even like when you use it, it is a bit different to the, you know, the original Switch or, or the improved battery life Switch. But it's just so much better in every single way yeah it's, it's um, kind of staggering how much better it is yeah it's like even just like that wee bit extra on the screen getting rid of that bezel around the side um the better kickstand um 
all of that combined is enough to make you go, this is a superior machine. It's not massive changes. Well, the screen's pretty big. But it's enough to make you go, yeah, this is it. This is the Switch I want. Yeah, this is what I wanted from the very beginning. And they've really delivered, at least on the screen part, because I've been playing a lot of Metroid on it. And I've tried a handful of other games. And they just improve it, improve those games just in such a huge way for me. It's nice to finally... I've not tried um, Breath of the Wild yet. I'm desperate to try Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I just downloaded some like random demos. Like I downloaded even Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and tried that, and that looked really good. Um, yeah, that, that's really colorful. Yeah, so I've been downloading a bunch of colorful games, even Ace Attorney, the visual novel. That's quite a colorful oh, game because yeah. it's like a visual. And that looks really good. Uh, like nice and sharp and colorful. So I'm excited to delve into that more as well. Yeah, it's just it's just really good. So if you don't own a Switch and you're thinking of picking one up, like just pick this one up, even though we're probably like a year and a half away from the new Switch. You can just sell this one and buy the new one, because I imagine the new one will have an OLED as well, or at least an option for an oh, OLED. Because yeah. they can. I'm just so happy they just added an OLED. It just goes to because I've always been a huge uh, fan of OLED screens, and I've always said people should, if they can at some point, try and get an OLED TV. Uh, so I'm happy more people are experiencing the joys of an OLED because it changes everything. Because it's not like overly expensive though. That's the thing is that they could have charged more for that because of the OLED screen. It's like three hundred and ten pounds over here. Yeah. Um, which for what you're getting is actually not that bad. You are paying for the screen. That's basically what you're paying for. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> it looks good though. Um, it is worth, even if you own a Switch and you want the upgrade, I, I don't think I'd ever, you know, say to someone that's a bad move, if that's what they wanted to do. It's still, it's not much of an upgrade, but the screen itself is worth upgrading for. It really is. It's, it's really amazing. Absolutely love it. It's what I wanted it to be, and it's finally, because I've, I've actually been playing it more because of that. Yeah. Um, just start messing around with things and downloading more games. So as I did mention, I have been may as well get into Metroid. Uh yep. since I've been playing that. This is my first Metroid game I've never played. And I, I think I played one on the Game Boy Color, but I've never when I had like a one hundred and one game collection thing that I got when I was in Spain. Which had games such as Link's Awakening and stuff like that. Quite a lot of good games on there that I discovered. I'm sure it was a very legal cart. I was, I, I was going to say, it sounds perfectly <laughs> legal. I don't think Nintendo sold a 101 games cart. I don't think so. Yeah. No. Not with Zelda on it anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, I missed the game by Might I don't think I've ever told you this story, but uh, got the Game Boy Color. I think I got it with my communion money, because we're Catholics. So it was one of the first things I bought with the my communion money. I bought a bunch of games with it. Um, and then a few, I don't know what the occasion was. I think it was November because I remember it being, I remember there being a lot of fireworks. But either way, there's a lot of fireworks. Um, and there's a lot of people in my house. Um, so a lot of people had never been in my house before. So I took them up to my room and sort of showed them around my room and stuff like that. And showed them my, you know, my PlayStation and Nintendo 64 and that kind of thing. Uh, 
When Important did things. we? When did we have our communion? Can you remember what age were we? When uh, I would have been in. Oh God! When was it? I think we would have been. Uh, Is it primary five, four? Seven, seven. That happens, or I feel like it. I feel like it was primary four. I think we might have been about eight or nine when it happened. Right. Okay. So it would have been the PS one around there. Okay. So yeah, it was the PS one Nintendo sixty four then. Yeah, it definitely was because I remember getting the PS two later, and yeah, it definitely was back then. Okay. So showing people around my room, showing them my PS one and my. Nintendo 64. And on my shelf, next to my, all my South Park stuff, I even <laughs> had a little cool. South Park couch that had all the characters on it. And when you press a cool. button, it played the voices, but you could also record your own voice and it would turn it into Cartman's voice. It was cool. Uh-huh. Uh, and my Cartman piggy bank as well. I was a very Cartman, Cartman fan back then. But I don't know why. Uh, looking back, my parents probably shouldn't have let me watch that show, but it's, it's very tame compared to the newer seasons. So it's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> The Mega uh, Streisand is nothing in comparison to what it goes into. I mean, that's how I <laughs> discovered Barbara Streisand, was through Mega Streisand. I discovered a lot of things through that show <laughs> that I maybe shouldn't have. But anyway, next to that, I had my little blue bag that had my Game Boy Color in it, and it had my Game Boy Color magnifier screen with a light on it, so I could play it in bed. Uh, and all my batteries and stuff on it, and my charging port, that kind of thing. A lot of headphones. And I said, up there's my gamepad color. So then we all went back outside. Then I think we're having a Just firework. imagine like we you going, that's the PlayStation. <laughs> there's my Game Boy. Here's my Nintendo 64. Watch this. You like blow in the cart and you put it in and it plays. <laughs> yeah, probably did it. Probably Mario Kart or something. Yep. I could totally oh. see it happening. Yeah. I mean, I was very, I was very lucky as a child. My parents were very good to me. Um, they had all those things, but yeah. So we went outside. Then it was a late night. We came back in. My Game Boy went missing. Someone stole my Game Boy, and I never found out who it was to this day. It just completely went missing, and there was like a huge, huge. It actually caused a lot of fallout. Uh. Because my, my auntie Alice, well, she, was, she was very determined to find out. She was like accusing people of all sorts. So she was, she's a very strong willed person. She was like going to people's doors and stuff like that and demanding, you know, to, to talk to their children and stuff like that and ask if they stole my Game Boy. Uh, but it was a very upsetting day when that happened that my Game Boy was stolen. I've never had anything stolen before until then. Uh, it was sad. It was very sad. Have oh, you ever I'd had gutted if that happened. Oh yeah, I was, I was very gutted. Like I, because I played a lot of Super Mario Land on and stuff like that, and Tetris and Link's Awakening, all my 101 games that my auntie got me from Spain. Uh, totally legal. Very legal cart that had all the fun games in it. And yeah, I was devastated, and it's just it just went <laughs> missing. I think even Metroid was in it as well, but whatever Metroid game came out on the Game Boy Color, I can't remember. Super Metroid or something. Um. So yeah, I was, I was really upset. I mean, never we never found out who it was. Well, to this day, I still don't know. Uh, yeah, so then after that happened, I think my uh, cousin, or my Manny's family cousin, went to Spain. And they bought me a new Game Boy for me. Uh, which is very kind of them. 
that was a little bit later on. That was good. Yeah. At least it ended well. Yeah, but I still don't know who it was. That person's still out there. They still have my Game Boy Color. <laughs> They're still playing it like, ha ha ha, this is mine <laughs> now. Probably. Um, you never know. But I mean, it just made me wonder. Like, I wonder of, like, uh, see we were on the subject of like communions, that kind of thing. This has got nothing to do with gaming at all. Um, but I, I imagine your school did it as well, where you would have had a communion video. Um, yes. Where they had someone recording it, and you know they had the whole ma- the whole service recorded, and you know your parents would buy it because it's like, oh my, my child's in this, getting their communion. It's big proud moment. Um, I remember getting ours. Um, it was very very you know it was a very nice box as well. It was you know very religious looking. Um, so they show the whole service. Um, and at the end, there's you know they had like a wee sort of like party thing. Um, just in the school. Uh, where you know all the kids could go in, have they got treated to like a wee goodie bag, that kind of thing. Um, and there's like we, you know, there's good shots of like kids with their parents, and they're all kind of like happy, celebrating that kind of thing. And the last scene on that video is a close up of me eating jelly tots. <laughs> delicious. You not? Yep, it's me going <laughs> absolutely delicious jelly tots, and then the, the, it just ends. <laughs> what a way um, to end it! It's fantastic. It was, it was genuinely hilarious. <laughs> Still to this day, it's really funny. Um, I haven't watched it in years because no one has a v- VHS. No one has a VHS player anymore. Oh, um, I never got bothered putting it onto DVD. Um, but yeah, um, the, the, the last scene of that will always stick with me. Just me going mm, jelly tots. <laughs> It's, it's, it's the fact. It's not even like it was just in the background. It was a close up of my face. <laughs> um, that that was what made it really funny. <laughs> just you slowly entering your fan in your mouth. Yeah, um, munching away. Yeah, just like mm, nom nom nom. End of video. <laughs> so whoever, a, whoever was recording that just thought that's a good place to end it. Yeah, they probably, they probably thought that's hilarious. That's a great <laughs> shot. We'll just use that. Yeah. Should be eating eating the bread of the Holy Father. Um, <laughs> that was like a story. Actually, well, I wish it was. You wish it was the bread of the Holy Father. Yeah, well, like me munching the munching the bread of the Holy Father. I always want to do that whenever they come around with that wooden bowl, and you're like, I don't want to grab a hand and eat all it. Yeah. Down yeah, the wine. This is yeah. It was like this is the this is the blood of Christ. Oh, it's going in my belly. <laughs> We're getting mad right out here. Anywho, enough about Jelly Tots. We're moving on to games we played. But before we do that, we have an ad break with our friends from Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. We'll be right back. And we're back, Billy. Yes. Metroid. We're about to move on to that earlier, but let's take a little break. Yeah, how was your break? I got sidetracked. That was good. That was good. I Good. got up and I got a bottle of water. Wow. Yes. In the space of two seconds? That's very impressive. In the space of two... I know, I know. I'm an amazing person. Got it here. The last got a bit of it as well. Apple oh, and very nice. Delicious. So, Bill, Dude. Metroid. Yes, Metroid. To, yes, as I mentioned earlier, it's technically my first proper Metroid. And it's fantastic. I'm a big fan. Uh... I've actually been playing put a bit, uh, quite a bit of time into it uh, the last couple of days, actually. Um, but for those who don't know, who have never played a Metroid, I'll 
I guess I'll break down the simple mechanics of it. I don't know what's happening in the story. Like something about uh, this thing that was discovered, this egg, a thing called an X, uh, was discovered going into this planet because uh, these other people, the Samus people, I don't know what they're called. Um, the group, whoever Samus works for, whatever organization, I'm not sure. I, I generally don't know the story of Metroid games. Um, so they track this thing called an X that goes to this planet and then Samus is sent there. And to track, uh, where it's going or where, why it's going there or whatever. You get there, you come across this big scary monster and it chokes you out and you lose all your abilities. So you're back to square one. The only thing you can do is jump and shoot. Uh, and in typical Metroidvania, which I've played Metroidvania games, we've played Ori in the Blind Forest, which is very much, it's very much like that. Where it's like a 2D, 2.5D side scroller. You're quickly navigating through these different environments. Uh, you can start standard enemies running around. Certain areas are blocked off by abilities that you don't have yet. For example, there's this door you can't open with a charge beam, or there's, uh, this door you can't open without using missiles or something like that, because you don't have access to them yet. Maybe you do, I can't remember. Uh, and as you progress through the game and defeat bosses, or even mini-bosses, or just finding abilities by navigating through the, the landscape, you unlock more abilities, which then in turn allows you to explore more of the map and pick up further items and just get stronger as you go on in the game. So you find like things like health pickups that makes your health go larger, uh, uh, your health amount or bar or whatever increase you also find abilities to increase your missile count as well so it's basically like Ori in the Blind Force as well where as you go through that you learn to double jump that kind of thing uh, and it's very addictive it's a very addictive gameplay loop because then when you find so you're never getting your way through and you're like oh, I'm kind of lost I don't know where to go and then you sort of figure out okay I'll go through here try to go through here then you unlock a new ability then that suddenly opens up more of the map, and they think, oh, I haven't been down here yet, what happens if I go down here? Then you come across a boss fight, and the boss fights are very standard boss fights in a game, but there's it's all pattern recognition, so if you played most games, I suppose, uh, or like a Dark Souls or whatever, or Demon Souls, there's like multiple stages to the boss, and you sort of learn the pattern, and once you sort of learn the pattern of the boss, uh, you defeat it and you get a, a new ability. But there's a bit more to it. So the reason it's called Metroid Dread is because there's these things going around called Emmys, E-M-M-I. And they basically serve as enemies that you can't you can't kill at all. And they chase you if they find you. So if you go, you're going through these areas called Emmy areas. Uh, and the only way you can really escape them is by running away. But you also get the option to um, like melee their attacks. If they sort of if they grab you, you have like two opportunities to like push X at the right time and they glow at the right time. But the timing is like so specific. Like it took me a long time before I could even get one hit in. So that gives allows you a chance to break free and run away from them. But you can't defeat them. The only thing you do and run away is run away from them, <clears throat> which does get a little annoying because I see a lot of people complaining about the difficulty, uh, saying like. You know, they've made a lot of progress, then they get caught by an enemy, and then they have to make all that progress again. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen any of that anywhere. I've never seen a wee bit of a couple of people like, um, I've, I've spoken to about it have said the exact same thing. Yeah, I don't think it's that uh, bad. 
um, personally, I don't know if I've just go, you know, inflate myself or attempt myself. I think it's fine. I don't think it's that hard. I didn't find Demon Souls hard. I think Demon Souls is very easy. Apart from that one level. Uh, I get, maybe I have more patience than most people. But when I get caught, I'm like, oh well, let's do it again. But you, cause you, cause you're like so familiar with the area, you can just quickly go get the things that you grabbed before. And the game is quite generous about saving, like doing a little checkpoint before you walk into the area anyway with where the enemy is. So I've never felt like I lost like hours of progress or, you know, large swaths of progress. It was fine. Like I was just like, well, I'll just deal with it and be better at avoiding this enemy. And you get abilities later on that allow you to hide from it so you get this invisibility cloak. So there's, there's ways to get around it. Um, so I was a little bit worried initially when I first started. I thought, oh, they could keep it up this up where you have no option but to run. And it's like, oh, but can it, can it, there's nothing more annoying where you want to explore a new area, but you've got this this thing hanging over you, but this thing that could potentially come and ruin your day, you know, uh, or reset any progress. But thankfully, the game does actually give a, a, a provide a way to kill the enemies. It's once you've progressed through an enemy area and sometimes you come across this sort of mini boss that's like a this glowing eye that's shielded. And once you shoot it enough, the shield comes off and it's like this big brain with an eye on it. And once you kill that, you extract the power from the eye of the brain thing. And you suddenly have this really powerful gun. And that allows you, and you have this sort of turret thing where you can shoot really fast and that melts the face of the enemies off. Then once the face is melted off, that exposes the core that allows you to shoot it with this charge beam. Uh... So the charge beam, the guns you usually have is like all yellow, and the charge beam is yellow as well. But you find these more, this more powerful energy that turns blue. So when you have this blue energy, it allows you to kill these enemies. Then you're free to explore the area. So they're not always about. You can kill them eventually, even though I said you couldn't earlier. But I don't want to spoil it until now. It's not really a spoiler. It's a a core mechanic. Uh, But yeah, so you can get around them, and it's, it's honestly not that difficult. In my opinion, I have a f- on my third boss now, uh, and again, it's like it's you die a few times, but you you eventually recognize the patterns, and you just get back in there, and it's all good. You get there, you kill them. There's there's, there's a couple annoying annoying things about this game though. Like as I, I genuinely think it's impossible to play this game with the Joy Cons because there's so many actions under either the triggers and your hands are like constantly moving around the switch just trying to like use the LR then hold Y then push X that kind of thing there's just a lot of different button combinations that makes it very awkward on the Joy-Cons but I use the Hori Pad Pros and the game's perfectly perfect with that um, so if you have that option if you're playing it on handheld mode on your new Switch OLED just use the Hori Pad Pro things and it's much easier than using the Joy-Cons Another annoying thing is that sometimes you have to crouch down, but because the it's all based on analog movement, you can't use the D pad. Well, sometimes she just doesn't crouch down, then you get hit and killed or something like that. So that's quite annoying as well. Um, story wise, there's not really much happening. I also couldn't tell you what's happening in the story. I'm just going through this area to find a way out, basically. Um, but the gameplay loop is really satisfying. I highly recommend it if you've never played Would anything. Would you say it's suitable for see like people like yourself, uh, Metroid people who haven't played a Metroid game before? Um, is it 
you know, welcoming to newcomers, or is it one of these ones you'll get more out of it being a Metroid fan? Oh, it definitely has. Well, gameplay-wise, it definitely has. There, you probably will get more out of it story-wise and Easter egg-wise, because I just don't really know what's happening. And apparently, mm-hmm. this directly links in with one of the previous games. But in terms of gameplay, the gameplay like, does a really good job of breaking down each thing. And you come, you come across this computer because you, you can't connect, uh, contact anyone when you're running around. You have to go find these computers to contact. I can't remember what the thing's name is. I think it's like Ham or something. It's like a computer that talks to you. Um, and that's really helpful. It gives you like hints as well. And there's like tutorial. The first, basically the first sort of area is a tutorial. And it shows you how to deal with the Emmys and how to use your abilities and stuff like that. It is very accessible. It's just, it comes with a caveat of it. It's, it might be a little bit difficult at times because of these Emmys. And you may get caught a few times. But if you persist, it's really not, it's really not that bad. Unless you're just very impatient and can't handle it. Um, which from some reviews I've read that some, well, not that they can't handle it. It's just they found it more difficult than other people have. I think, I also mm-hmm. think it's, it's my first time playing an Metroid game and, uh, Jeremy Clarkson reference there. But <laughs> I, like, I like using an sometimes because it gives more emphasis to, the, emphasis to the thing you're talking about. It's a really good use of it. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I think it is a good, I mean, it's, it's a lot of first Metroids for a lot of people. Judging by the sales numbers, because sales numbers wise, Metroid has never usually performed that well. But it seems like this one has actually exceeded all previous Metroids on launch. It sold really well. Yeah, so I think people are just—it's just that Switch magic. People are a lot hungry for a lot of Switch games. Well, you see, games just sell really well on the Switch, which is usually on Nintendo platforms. Usually, it's only the Nintendo exclusives that sell. Also, this has one of them, but. You always hear of like other games that are really successful on the Switch through the eShop and stuff like that. There aren't Nintendo games. So that's why you're seeing a lot of third party games like EA and I mean the fact you've got Doom Eternal on the Switch and Dying Light is coming out on the Switch natively as well. Um, yeah, a lot kind of Dying Light's coming to the Switch. Like the fact that the amount of support the Switch is getting. Like I think even one of the Wolfenstein games is on it. Uh Youngblood's on it. No, uh, yeah, Youngblood's on it. Um, did they put Wolfenstein 2 on it? I think it does something. I feel, I feel like Wolfenstein 2 is on the Switch as well. Oh, look. I, feel like I remember definitely something. Youngblood definitely is. No, Wolfenstein 2 is. I'm sure it is. I think you're right. The New Order. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The New Colossus, rather. Yeah, there is. Switch. See, that's just right. insane, isn't it? You get Doom. You get the, all these major third-party games that you never... Because obviously on the Wii... Or in the Wii U, like third party, the third party games you got on there were just crap. Toilet. You know, was your your mini game collections and that kind of thing. Or the only decent one was ever was um, on the Wii U Mass Effect Three. That was a good one to have. Yeah, and Arkham Knight. Like, oh, Batman City. Ar- Arkham City, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, other than that, there was never really anything particularly st- standout. It's just the Switch is just a wonderful thing. And people yeah, are also that, responding to it. It really is. The amount of support games are getting. The fact we've even got a dying light coming out is just insane to me. Uh, yeah. And they're releasing a, a native Series X and PS5 version as well, which is exciting. Uh, Crisis as well. Uh, Crisis just came out of the Oh, that's trilogy. right. Yeah. So that's, that's a good God, one for the Switch. Switch as well. It's cr- the Witcher 3, that's the big one. The Witcher 3 is there. Um, I'm trying to think of what... Uh, I feel like I've mentioned Skyrim, but Skyrim deserves another mention. Oh, yep, Skyrim. Yeah, um, I mentioned that. That's a big one, yep. 
Um, oh, so this come out third party. There's been tons, tons of really, really good games that you're like, wow, that's on the Switch. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Which is never something you really ever hear of on a Nintendo platform. No. Um, I still feel Which like the, um, the, like their introduction into cloud. So you obviously get a Plague's Tale that's on the cloud. Um, that, I think, is a really, really good move for Nintendo. So you have a, a theory about this? Because there's a lot of controversy around Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah, because that's purely cloud-based. Yeah, so a lot of people thought, oh, finally I can take this on the go and blah, blah, blah. That's, like, purely cloud-based. And I watched a you know, modern vintage gamer, MVG, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. put up a really good video about why he thinks this is the case. Basically, he sort of delved into the development of um those that original collection. And he says the reason he doesn't think it's going to happen because it took so long just to make the PS3 version. Because the PS3 is so complicated, like the the effort it would require to to port it from the PS3 to the Switch, it would take about two years, and by right. that time, people have maybe moved on to the next Switch or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he thinks that they're just not willing enough to, to put the time and effort in because they don't see they'll get the return back like you would with a PS4 or the series, the Xbox One or PC or something like that. Yeah. So he says that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So he thinks like. This is actually going to be more of a trend over the next year. Is that bigger games? You won't be getting your Doom Eternals or your Dying Lights or your Skyrims natively anymore. It'll mostly be through the cloud. And he thinks going forward that the, the big games will probably come to the Switch, but they'll mostly be cloud based. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, though. I know to a lot of people that's a bit of a um, a bit of a hindrance. Um, but yeah. actually, considering you know the Switch, um, the fact that you know you can play potentially these big AAA titles on it, um, albeit through cloud, you know, what I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I played some of the control at, demo. Like, you know, yeah, the fact that you can play control on it. Um, but look at what the Xbox is doing with their cloud service. <clears throat> you know, it's it's already yeah. going that way anyway. So why wouldn't Nintendo want to try and you know? Get in on it as well. Are they? You know, good on them. I think. I do wonder though. Like, will XCloud or Xbox Game Streaming ever come to Switch? It would be That's, perfect for it. I, I, if I was working for Xbox, I would basically be trying to get in with Nintendo and be like, right, some look, sort of special deal. Yeah, let's let's do an offer here. Could you imagine uh, if there is a, a new Switch next year? Uh that they they announce Xbox Cloud Streaming is coming out and you can play um, Starfield Day One on Switch through streaming. Yeah, that'd be streaming. crazy. That, that would that would be unbelievable. If I was, I I, I genuinely think it's a uh, that would be the best move Microsoft could make. Um, also, it's, it's not unheard of like Nintendo and Xbox as well being pally. Like that this this isn't a new thing. Um. So that's why I'm like, it wouldn't surprise me, and I think it would be a good idea. I'd be, I, I, if I was working for Microsoft, I'd be like, right, we need to go talk to Nintendo about this as a potential, because then you'd have, you know, Xbox Cloud on everything near enough. And um, the only thing yeah. you wouldn't have it on is a PlayStation, but you could get it on your phone, laptop. You can even do it on your Xbox. I do wonder if, I mean, maybe there is a chance it could come to PlayStation, but only through Xbox game streaming. 
I mean, that would be. I don't think it would True. be day one, but that would be crazy if that ever happened. Yeah, but I just don't see Sony opening it and opening it up to players. I can't. I can't see Sony agreeing to it. No. As much as I'd love to see it, I think that would be really, really good. Because then, it, you know, games like Starfield, um, you know, it, you're not. No one's missing out. Yeah, that would be crazy. But we'll have to wait and see. It's crazy. This just a year away now. That will probably fly by. Oh yeah, no do. Indeed. So, that was Metroid plus a little Switch talk. You've been playing another game. Well, yeah, we'll move on to, I guess we'll, yeah, we should move on to Far Cry 6. You've been playing more of that? Yeah, so, as promised, I did play more. Um, and I've got a wee bit more to say about it this time rather than my usual, like, yeah. yeah. Curious what you think about it. It's Far Cry. Um, right, so, I'm going to start off by saying I like the Far Cry formula. Um, I've never been particularly against it. Because most of the reviews I've been saying that, oh, it's, you know, the Far Cry formula is a bit dated, blah, 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 blah. This, that, and the next thing. And they're right. Um, so, where I'm going to start is the character. So, I'm going to do a comparison between Far Cry 5 and Far Cry 6. Far Cry 5 is... Imagine I gave you a plate and it had a slice of bread on it. And it was good bread. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it's a very, very premium slice of bread I've given you. Nice, you know, that thick, mm. white, toasty one. Delicious. Absolutely. Oh, yes. uh, plain bread. I like plain bread. Oh, yeah, we'll go plain bread. Okay, so you get that plain bread. Scottish like, plain bread. Google it. It's the best bread ever. It is the best bread ever. It's so good. So I've come to you. And I've given you a plate with Scottish mm. plain bread on it. This is Far Cry 5. Yum. And that's it. That is all you're getting. It's a plate with a just a bit of Scottish plain bread. That probably it's is. It's good. I would eat it. Yeah, so it's good. You'd eat it. But it's a bit boring. Because um, mm-hmm. like, there's nothing really particularly exciting about it. It's just a bit of bread. But you'll still play it. Or you still eat it. And you'll enjoy it. First slice um, is really nice, but as time goes on, realize oh, it's just the same thing. It's the same. Yep, that's Far Cry Five in a nutshell. It's Scottish right. plain bread with nothing on it. It's good. You'll love it. You'll eat it. You'll play it right to the end. But all in all, it's a wee bit dull. Far Cry Six is like me giving you Scottish plain bread again because we're playing Far Cry. It's basically the same game, but this time I've put nice. Nice layer of butter on it for you. Ooh. And not only that, I've put jam on it as well. Ooh. But your next slice might even be marmalade. I'll mix Ooh. it up. It's good. You'll, you'll be like, yes, this is so much better. That's Far Cry 6. Um, that's It's like the Scottish plain bread, but with everything on it. It's genuinely very, very good. Um, so the main ca- you've got the main character, Danny. Um you can choose between male or female Danny. Doesn't really matter. Regardless. I, like, I like the I like the look of this and the voice actress for the female one. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing as female Danny, and I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, she's very I, 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 I think she's a really really good. She, that's basically where I'm going to go with it. Is that in Far Cry Five you play as you know you you, you build your character, um, and that's it. Like you don't really do much. Your character doesn't really interact. Um, you just run around, someone goes, oh, hey, hero, you're saving, you're doing great, killing cultists. 
but you never really have a bond with who you're playing as. Whereas at least with Danny, um, you're like Danny is the first speaking protagonist of a Far Cry series, oh, so that's right. you kind of I kind of feel like you get more of a a bond with Danny than you would with a previous protagonist in or um and like you know Far Cry Five, Far Cry Four. You you build your character, and the only ever the next time you ever only you know next time you see your character is when you get killed because the whole game's in first person. Um, Far Cry Six, you see Danny as part of cutscenes. You know he or she, regardless of who you're playing as, uh, has you know they, they you have a wee phone and you phone up and you're like, oh hey guys, what's you know it, it's you, you know there's more interaction from you as a main character with other people in the world. Which to me is a massive thing. I think that Far Cry needed is actually have like a bit of a you know a character who you're quite excited to see how you know how they're going to get on as you as you progress through the story um, and the, the relationships that they have with like you know their the you know with the rebellion who's fighting against um, your protect uh, the you know the evil dictator um, Anton Castillo Castillo um anyway yeah. um. Who's a very, very good villain, though I've not seen most of them. Not, uh, I've not seen mo- a lot of them yet. Um, but you do hear a lot of him that he's, you know, whenever you run into a building, he's on a TV talking or he's on a loudspeaker or something. That's good. Like he, he, he is there. I was um, worried they wouldn't make use of his talents when, Car- uh, uh, when Carlo uh, Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. Um, Amazing. Just yeah, such a I'll- good actor. So amazing. I, 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 that's what I was worried about because at the start you, you you see him come down on a boat, and then he's you don't see him again for a while. But he is heard. He's seen but not heard for a, a large part. Though you do get the occasional cutscene. You're like, oh, there he is. Because um, I was kind of worried to be one of those instances that you, you know you get this high profile actor, and he's in the game for two minutes, and you're like, I know, right, I'd be gutted. The, the game sold around this person, and he's not in it. He's literally um, on the he, cover. Yeah, he, he he's on the co- he's on the cover. Um, but no, he's he's there, and imagine obviously the further you go along, good. You know, the more you're probably going to see all of them. The more you piss them off, it follows the same formula. So you've got your map, and it's split into three different areas. Um, you need to beat all the three areas before you can get to the final boss, which is obviously in this case going to be Anton Costello. Um, so. Gustavo Fries. So far. Los pollos hermanos. <laughs> so I was just saying Gustavo Fring, Los pollos hermanos. I was just talking about Breaking Bad. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we were talking about like ha- having someone as you know a big name actor like Giancarlo Esposito. Um, I'm g- kind of moving on from having a high profile name. One of the sort of drawbacks to Far Cry Six. And I don't know what it is. The game is stunning. The game is absolutely glorious. When you're in game, cutscenes look a bit weird. Yeah, um, I watched. I watched the digital foundry video. Apparently, the cutscenes on all platforms, or I think maybe it's just the consoles, but all, all console platforms at least, are capped at thirty. Yeah. So the game no. like runs as a decent sixty, but then as soon as you jump into the cutscenes, there's this jittery. It's quite a quite a jump from 60 to 30 for the cutscenes maybe to make yeah, it look more cinematic it. but I think it looks worse 
Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know what they were going for. Um, it's just that it's the only thing that really lets it down is that you play the, you're playing through the game, which, to be fair, the vast majority of the game is you're you're running around this massive open world. Um, it's just sort of the occasional cutscene that you do see, and because you've got a big profile actor um, like Mister Esposito, he features a lot in those cutscenes, and it's just kind of like. Maybe you could have done a bit of a better job on that, just to make it look a bit better. Um, but it, it's funny because you'll watch the opening cutscene and you'll be like, "Oh gosh!" Like my manager calls it Far Cry Mobile, um, <laughs> just, just because like the cutscenes look pretty poor. But then you get into the actual game and you're like, "Wow, that's that's glorious. That's really really pretty." Um, and it is. Like the, the game is. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, that you 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 sit and stare at like the sunset and like the you know how the reflection of the scene and stuff like that. Glorious. Looks really really nice. Um, and actually, like again comparing it to Far Cry Five, Far Cry Five still looked good, but the world was kind of more. Not really a lot to see. Um, whereas in this game, it's like every sort of you know time you turn a corner, it's something new, and you're like, wow, that looks. That looks amazing, or you'd be driving along this, uh, driving along like the seaside. You'll be like, that's a really nice view to have. Um, it is very, very pretty. Um, so I actually, it's one of those games that you could. It's the same idea with every Far Cry game: is that you can do pretty much whatever you want. Um, you've got your main stories. Um, then you've got like what these sort of Yaren stories as well. Some of them are involved, you know. Some of them involve different things. Some of them's like a treasure hunt. Some of them is you have to investigate clues, that kind of thing. They're they're quite cool. And then you've got a whole pile of other stuff as well. You'll find maps around that show you where loot boxes are, where that gets you new armor, that gets you new weapons, that kind of thing. Um, that is very. There's tons of it. There's absolutely tons of it. That if you're wanting to complete that game 100%, you're going to be there a while. Um, but every time you pick up a new map, it's like, oh, there's another eight boxes for you to find. You're like, really? <laughs> How many boxes are there? And you'll walk into a building and there's three of them. Um, so there is, there's a lot to explore, a lot to find. Um, it's sometimes a wee bit sort of like, right, where do I go? Um, what What's my next step? But I kind of just stick to I'll do maybe a main story bit, then I'll maybe do like a wee side quest. I'm not rushing through it. I'm just kind of taking my time and enjoying it, because I am enjoying it. Um, I'm not finding it, like, boring at all. Um, and I definitely sort of, like, see if you've got that kind of, like, I really want a game to, ex- you know, something just to sort of explore. Um, so, like, you know, you're sitting there, like, I'm waiting for Skyrim. I can't wait for, like, the 10th version of Skyrim to come out and so I can play it again. Far Cry 6 is a good game for that. Um, completely different, massive open world. You can explore. Um, it's it, it's a it definitely scratches an open world sort of um, you know open world itch that you might have. Um, so it is it's, it's really really good. Um, it is a bit samey. Um, a lot of the stuff like if you've played Far Cry Five, you'll know what to expect in Six. That you go, you know, you take down, you know, um. What they called like the the enemy camps that you can then use as a safe, you know, a, a fast travel point later. Um, some of the supply drops, you know, supply drops are the same. 
is that you'll be given a quest where you need to start from point A, drive to point B, like they're all the same. Um, and then you've got like a couple of fetch quests that'll go, or can you go get, you know, this crocodile head or something? Um, so the game does kind of suffer a bit from that. But again, it's like, I don't mind it. You know, it's you get to explore different areas, get new things, find new weapons, maybe get distracted by something else. Um, so it is, it's everyone who compared it who said that it's basically just the exact same game as like previous Far Cry's. They're right. I just find this one's a wee bit more enjoyable, and it's more just to do with the world and the whole Cuban atmosphere. Uh, Cuba's an amazing place. Set it during like a Cuban revolution's an absolutely inspired idea. Um, I genuinely think it's brilliant for that reason. Combat's fun, guns feel good, and they do mix it up. Um, so you get given like they've got a whole new approach to like you know how gear works, weapons work, and then my favorite thing is that you get like the supremo that just makes things so much easier. So if like a helicopter's coming in instead of like right, I don't know how I'm going to take that down or trying to scramble around for a rocket launcher or something, you just launch your Supremo. Um, they gave you the best one first. I've, I've, I've not used any other one because I don't want any other one. Um, the Supremo, the one that you get at the start, launches missiles from your back. Um, and it's just the, the handiest thing ever. It's like, I don't want any other Supremo apart from this one. I, I, I haven't even tried the other ones yet. It's like, no, this is the one I want. Um, I imagine the other ones are good, but I just find that one too handy. Um, and that even like the, um, like the way the com, like the way that they've done the, um, the your your armor and your gear, uh, it's kind of like it's done in set bonuses again. Um, I think what other games do that. Um, so if you have like the hat, the gloves, and the top, gets you more. There's a benefit to having a complete, oh, right. complete set rather than having like a mix oh, match yeah, of yeah. different things. Um, so it does that. Um, but it's kind of like you, you find a couple of things that you like. The game doesn't really, you know, force you into trying new game or new weapons or anything. It's just like, see, once you kind of settle on, right, this is what I like, um, you'll find new weapons all the time. You'll maybe try them for a bit and then go like, nah, I, I like that gun. The one that I had, you swap it back out immediately. Uh, so I'm on rank seven now, but I'm still using like a rank two gun, just because I like that gun. Um, so you kind of find yourself like, I'm just going to play through the game as I am, and there's no real any real benefit to being like, hey, like you know, I've just found a seven star helmet, therefore it's a better helmet. It, it's just one that you unlock at rank seven. It's not really anything too special. Um, but like once you find like something that you like and the how you want to play the game, chances are that's how you're going to keep it. Um, you're not going to be like dropping and changing things all the time because you found a new helmet. Um, that's kind of like I, 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 the way they've done the gear and the weapons is cool. I like how they've done it as a change from the previous games. It just kind of feels like they trap they, you. They they don't trap you, but you just kind of settle on what you like and then anything else you find on top of that is just going to sit in your inventory. Um, that you're not really going to do much with it. Um, so what's this about? Because I remember one, thing, one of the things I heard I thought was quite interesting. I wonder how they make up for it and maybe what you described is how they make up for it. 
Is it there's no skill trees anymore? No, there's no skill tree. Um, you basically just unlock stuff. So there's a couple oh. of different ways you can unlock things. So in previous games that you got skill points, which would get you, you know, you know, like the wing glide, the 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 wing glider thing, um, the wingsuit. That's what's called the wingsuit. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so before that, you'd had you'd have to unlock it using skill points. This time round, you build basically once you get into into you, you, you go into this camp, and you can build huts. Um, you can build it up so, like this one camp, you can have two different huts, and one of them gives you access to the wingsuit. Oh. So that's how you do it. Um, you basically get upgrades by finding them or by building these oh. huts. All right. Um, so, like, see, by the time you're ten hours into the game, you're kind of settled at that point. It's like I've got the wingsuit, I've got a gun, I like. Um, you'll maybe chop and change armor, because um, like, if you get killed by fire, the game goes up. Maybe you should wear fireproof armor, and it's like, no, I'll, I'll work my way through it. I'll just watch out for that guy next time. Mm. Um, is that you just kind of settle? Um, so you just kind of you, you'll be happy with what you've got, and you'll be like, ah, it's, I'm, I'm just going to keep playing the game this way. Um, so it feels like they've tried to shake up how you do, you know, your your weapons and your gear, but it doesn't really make too much of a difference. Like, they've gone from making things be better. You know that you you get a better gun as you progress. To hey, I've got a gun that I like, and I'm just going to keep using that gun permanently. Um, and unlike from you know, unlike me who likes using guns that just sprays ammo everywhere, I'm using a carbine, and I really like it. Um, so as uh, I, I, like, I would agree that if someone turned around to me and went, "Far Cry needs to be you know changed up a bit," I would agree. Um. But I like the formula. I've never really been, you know, particularly like, oh, this is a bit rubbish. I like it. I find Far Cry is a bit of fun. It's a bit daft, you know, running up to a tank and then launching your Supremo at it. That, to me, is enough of a change. Um, to, mm. to go like, all right, okay, this Far Cry game's a bit different. Um, but underlying, but underneath it all, it's the exact same game as like Far Cry 4 and Far Cry 5. Um, I personally don't mind it. Um, I wouldn't argue... With people who think, "Oh, it's just the same thing," I, I, I wouldn't. I, I would agree with you, um, but I wouldn't argue either to be like, "Right, okay, that's you know your opinions are relevant." It's yeah, you are right. Um, but it has the the, the the game has a good story. Well, well, I've seen so far. Um, it's got a decent story. That, you know, you've got a really really interesting villain as well. Um, and there's a lot of you know it's, it's a typical far you'll have a typical far cry experience with it you'll be enjoying yourself one moment and then you'll see you know a horse run into a gas canister and it'll blow up <laughs> um it's it does well, what far cry does what uh, a funny a far cry game. video clips came out of far cry 5 and that came out of bears running into gas canisters and stuff yeah yeah that happened to me as well it's just that you'll be running into it like gonna stealth my way in and then it just run you know things run into a gas canister um, my favorite bit of Far Cry Six so far is Guapo. You're one of your amigos. Uh, you'll be like, right, okay, I'm gonna try and stealth my way through this, try and get that alarm before they find me. Next thing you know, you've got Guapo taking down the entire the entire base himself. This crocodile. Um, you're like, well, there goes stealth because Guapo's already alerted everyone to where I am. Um, <laughs> with a big leather jacket on. With a big leather jacket on. It's 
and I'm, he's amazing Guapo I found yeah. Chorizo as well and he's a, cool. he, he's very cute a wee disabled um, Dashund oh uh, <laughs> he's very oh, cute I have to buy it now and, yeah <laughs> it's, it's worth it for Chorizo alone Chorizo it's uh, such a cute name as well yep yeah. Uh, you have to. There's a wee quest for him before he becomes your amigo, so you need to feed him crocodile. Um, you feed him crocodile, then he gives you a whole pile of rewards. Um, and then at the end of it, you pat him, and then he becomes your amigo. Ah. Um, so it's very good. Um, so it's worth it for Chirito alone. Um, but like, I there's a lot of people saying that Far Cry Six could probably do with a bit of like a. A wee bit of a redo. Um, I'd be interested to see what they do. There was talk that there would be like a survival-based game. Uh, they were saying that the next one might be survival or online focus. So it'll be more sort of like live servicey. Um, which I I could be behind. I think I think that could be a really really good shake up. Is make it more survival focused. Yeah, it would be interesting. And, yeah, I, yeah, I'd I'm gonna be down for. I'm gonna be in an interesting position because I. I mean, the last Far Cry game I actually finished was Far Cry 4. And I played a bit of 5, but we never, I never got around to getting too far into it. Uh, I never played 3, or probably played briefly the classic version or something. I remember buying that on the 360 version, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or the Xbox One, whatever it was. But, um, so maybe this, this game's more for... Maybe this is why you always hear about people being fed up, because they're the ones that are... You know, every couple of years they come in and play it and yeah. finish it. So they're more used to that formula, whereas myself, like if over the last ten years I've only finished two of the games. Uh yeah. South played one of the all. games. Um Yeah, so you've played well, I, I played a lot of the original in my friend's house because he had it on the PC when it was only on PC at the time. I played a lot of the spin offs that were on the console. So oh, no, I've not played not played New Dawn yet. That's the only one I've not played. Or uh, what's that? What's the other one? The is that one you don't know? The Primal? That's another one of them. Oh, Primal! Yeah, I bought Primal Day One. I just never played it. Um, a lot of people really like Primal. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've never I've played a couple of the mainline ones, but I've never. It's been so long. The last time I played, it, I think it was Far Cry Four. So maybe that maybe this will be a a good one to jump into. But I'm going to if I do ever get in that mode, I'm just going to wait because uh, it will probably be half price in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I'd say if you once it's half price, buy it. Um, yeah, I, it's. I, I think you'll enjoy it. it I think so too. Look good. Yeah. Anyhow, That's before we move on, actually, uh, could you turn me down on your volume wise to the point where you can still hear me, but it's down quite a bit? Because I'm oh, worried that. Um, because last week sometimes I came through on your mic, so you could hear me twice. Oh, I think there's a, there's a thing called echo cancellation. Maybe I need to turn that on in the future. Maybe that'll prevent it. Uh, but we're oh. recording now, so no point. Oh, still, let me do it. Still hear me okay? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do right. I turn you down? Just on the mix app. Oh. Just the volume. There right. we go. Say something. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, that would do. Cool. Right. So, that was Far Cry 5. A very good overview. That was very good. Uh, genuinely better than some of the podcasts I've listened to. <laughs> there we go. We're good, we're good at this. We're better than this, what do you think? Anyway. 
we also played another game. This will be our last game we'll be discussing. But Back for Blood. That's one yes. of the games we played. A spiritual successor to Left for Dead. Or Left for Dead. L4D. See, the name Left for Dead makes sense because it's four characters that are Left for Dead. Whereas this is Back for Blood, but there's eight characters. Yeah. So Back Eight Blood, which would be also weird, but. Back uh, Eight Blood. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't quite work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But anyway. You played Back for Blood. What, what do you think, Bill? Did you do very quick impressions? What do you think? I liked it. Um, yeah, me it's too. It's very good. Um, the only sort of gripes is that is that blooming. Um, you only get like two attempts to beat yeah. it. Yeah. Um, if, so if, if your party wipes. Two continues, yeah, because it is very similar structurally to Left 4 Dead. So you have these acts, and within these acts, you have these levels. And the levels are quite linear. Though in this game, I would say they're a little bit more open. They've got bigger segments. Yeah, there's sort of bigger, larger segments, but they're, ultimately they're still these can contained linear levels that you're going through. Um, and you've got your regular zombies. What do they call them in this one? It's not infected, is it? What do they call them in this? Do they call the zombies again? Walker. No, that's Left for Dead. Uh, no, that's Walking that's Dead, isn't it? Walking Dead. Uh, um, oh, sugar. What do they call the zombies in this? I'll have a look. Not that it matters. Sure. They're still zombies. No, they're, they're zombies anyway. Zombie name. Uh, have a look. I don't know, but zombies. Infected. Uh, Redden? Doesn't say. Redden, maybe, is it, or is that... I don't know. That. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but you've got, you've got your regular zombies that are easy to kill, like take two bullets or whatever. Um, but then you've got them, the other ones that are a bit more powerful that would have been classed as the infected, I suppose, in the, in the original one. Uh, we've got like the, these things called tall boys or crushers or bruisers or whatever. Um, they have like these special abilities, like one of them is really big and like charges towards you or tall boys that there's a really big one that can grab you and slam you about or choke you and stuff like that. And you've got this one that can jump on walls and shoot this web at you that trap you and that kind of thing. And you've got one that shoots bile at you. Um, so very similar sort of infected types from Left 4 Dead. So it's basically just Left 4 Dead, but they're a bit more depth to it, I'd say. So you've got yeah, like, with the whole card system. Yeah, so there's a whole card system in play where after each level within an act, you get like the event card of which is like sometimes I don't think it's even in every level you get event card. Sometimes it's just two other cards that changes the level a bit. So you may have one level you might have an event card and one card that sort of is more of like a negative effect, a negative effect on the level or something like that. Sometimes, yeah, you you get positive and negative ones. So yeah, it's so not even like it's like challenge based ones. So you challenge have one based, yeah. Like you know, all survivors have to reach the the safe or like the the safe room. Um, and then the next one might be fog. So that that means you can't yeah. see. We had that fog. It, fog does, it, quite it, hard. it does vary. Fog's difficult. Yeah, it was hard. So yeah, you've got these these cars that sort of start up, and they change the level. Because we have a theory, because one of the cars that pop up is an, an event card. And the event card basically describes an event that's going to occur within this level. 
but we have a fear a theory that over time uh over the lifetime of this game the lifespan for like added replayability they'll add in different events within the normal levels and change it up quite a bit which i think would be really really neat i think it'd be really good because they wouldn't present that as a card or an event like as as an option if they weren't going to do something with it so mm-hmm. I have a feeling that's going to happen. But there's, there's there's other things that are different from Left 4 Dead. You've got, well, just the other card-based system that you, you can create park loadouts, essentially, can't you? Or something like that. Yep, you can. Yeah, yeah. So the way so you earn... Like, sorry, Bill, go ahead. I was just going to say that the way the card system works is that you unlocked cards. Um, So it's through the supply points, isn't it? That you can get different cards and then you can yeah, start building so- up your own deck. So at the end of each um, level, once you complete a level, you get this currency called supply points, which allows you to go to this person and you can buy. What's that? What's the name of the three things? Is like, I can't remember the name of the three things. It's like three options come up, like not timelines, but progressive progression lines or something like that, that allow you to buy these different cards or cosmetics for your character. Or supply lines are called, obviously. <laughs> yep. So these three different supply lines come up, and under each one is you get different abilities. So you get one where you can do more damage, or you have more damage resistance. Um, you know, more ten plus ten percent sprint, uh, that kind of thing. We also get cosmetics that allows you to change up your character as well. And from that, you can build up like a. I, th- I think what I think is really interesting. You could act, you could genuinely create a melee build in this game. Which is not something yeah. you could you could really do in Left 4 Dead because you never had you just had your standard weapons, your pistol, and the melee weapons were just something you found across the level. I don't think you ever really. Well, I never really started. It was your last weapons. gasp once you ran out of ammo would be your melee weapons. Yeah, so they were never they were never a a major focus in Left 4 Dead. Whereas in this one, like you can actually, I spent a lot of time in melee and actually made good progress. Whereas I felt like you could never really do that in Left 4 Dead. So you could create a melee build, you could create like a shotgun build or like a sniper build and go into each level and each level is essentially Left 4 Dead. Um, it is. I, 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 well, I think we, were, we weren't too hyped on it when we first played it because we were playing the same first three levels again that we've already played a couple of times from the closed beta or open beta or whatever it was. But Mm-hmm. I think after we got past those three initial levels, we ended up really liking it, and it got and it kind of got better as it went on, especially the last level that involved a, like a bar fight and like yeah, this cool that was music really played. Good. Yeah, that was really awesome. Where it played uh, some music, and so you just you and three other people were just have waves and waves of zombies coming, and you're just killing them so they didn't couldn't attach the attack the jukebox because you had to create a distraction so you could escape. Uh, it's just really that's a really cool level. That's probably the highlight so far. But so far, I am enjoying it. But I have a feeling that once we finish all the levels, I don't see us going back to it. Yeah, that's kind of what my thinking behind it was: was that you don't have the same kind of like, yeah, it's time, let's go play. Um, let's let's go play it. It's, whereas Life or Dead was like, hey, let's go play this for the next eight hours. Yeah, there's something about it that's, there's something about it that's missing that doesn't grab me in the same way that Life or Dead did. Maybe because it's, it's sort of newer at the time. Uh, 
like because it's quite even on recruit difficulty. There's like three difficulties to get your recruit difficulty. You've got what's the two after that? Oh, recruit, like survival, and something else. I think nightmare or something like that. Yeah. Um, so you get three difficulties, and even on we or a veteran or something. I can't remember. What it was. We played I it think on it the might set. be a veteran actually. Yeah, we played it on the second difficulty, thinking this will be fine. This is like medium, but then it turns out it's actually quite tough, even just on standard oh, yes. enemies. So we turned it back down to recruit. I think the reason why we found it was tough because we didn't have a build, like a proper build, to like go against these difficulties. So I think the replay factor will come from buying new cards from the supply lines and building up a character to get into the higher difficulties. So once you move doesn't recruit, it is a bit easier just to get the kill of standard zombies, but soon there's just like a lot of them or there's some like actual proper infected around, the one with the special abilities that can kill you quickly. It does get hard fast sometimes. So I wonder if it's um like the the problem with it isn't necessarily like the game, it is the card system. You know that way in Life or Dead it was just a case of right, okay, pick your gun, let's go. Um, there's not really much behind it. It's just you know, let's do this. Um, yeah. See where we get. Whereas there's a wee bit more to Back for Blood. Is like right, okay, you need to set up your cards. Um, I find myself nine times out of ten just kind of like right, that card will do, that card will do, that card will do. Let's just go. Um, whereas you kind of need to sort of look at it and be like. Okay, you know what? What do I need to do? Make sure I'm getting the best out of like my run here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I just like the the ease of Left 4 Dead. Right, gun, gun, yeah. gun. Let's go. Yeah, I agree with that. I like that as well. It's easy to jump in and just yeah, have just a good go time. For it. But even with that, like I still really enjoy, it. and I do. I would like to finish it. At least get through the campaign. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Say it, we finished it. Um, so I'm definitely up for more. But yeah, it's on Game Pass. We're playing it through Game Pass on the Series X. If you've got Game Pass, then highly recommend. Well it. worth it. Yeah, it's it's a really good way to play it. Anyway, that is back for blood. And now we're moving on to the news. <gasps> So I'm not sure where to start, actually. Maybe I'll start with the most important news of the year. The Xbox Series X mini fridge launches in December for $100 or £90. The replica fridge will hold 12 cans of drink, among other features. I think it looks awesome. Did you see it? Are you getting one? I'm tempted. I'm Are getting you getting one? one? Yes. Uh, yes, I am. It, I thought they were going on pre-order today, but it's tomorrow. Do you it's know tomorrow. if it's, uh, it's online or is it in store only? Uh, stores have them as well, but very limited. Oh, right, okay. So at least there's an option for online there as well then. Yeah, so I think it's online and in store. Um, but it's it's very, very, very limited. If you want one, be there to... I think it goes live at 2pm. Oh, is it 2pm? Um, I'd even be... Don't go online. I'd probably go stand in town. And just like hover around till two o'clock, and then just go in and be like, "Hi, I want a fridge, please." Uh, that's probably your best bet. I can't really walk at the moment, so. Oh, oh yeah, because your foot's sore. <laughs> yeah, um, forget about that. From home. Um, I'm sure it'll be yeah, fine. Uh, two o'clock, it goes live. 
Well, I only set reminder then. Are you going to the shop to do it, or? Well, I'm, I'm self-isolating. Oh, that's right. Of course, you're self-isolating. Talk with that. Um, but doesn't you know? We picture of my reward card, and a text saying "pretty please" always works out well. Well, I may have to piggyback on that. Uh, I would, but we're sold out of them. Alrighty, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> We, we, there's not a lot, but I'm saying they're limited. They're really limited. Jeez. More limited than the actual Series X. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Our allocation was three of them. Wow, only three? What the hell? I'm assuming you've got all three of them? Yes. <laughs> I've bought all three. I'm not surprised. Yep. Stack on top of each other. Right, The much. ultimate fridge. Yeah, oh, yep. So I'm going to have like meat in the first one, just in the second <laughs> one, and then just sort of miscellaneous stuff in the third. <laughs> meat. Only meat in this bridge. Just <laughs> anything other than meat is unacceptable. So it says here, initially the Xbox Money Official will be available at Target and on Target.com in the US, via Target in Canada, uh, GameStop EU, Micromania, and Toyinkink. Uh... In France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Ireland, Spain, Netherlands, and Poland. Since Microsoft is working to bring the ministry to as many regions as possible, pending regulatory approvals by rest- and restrictions by market. Uh, it holds up to 12 cans of drink. It also includes a USB charger for... Which I think is really cool. If you can get yeah, a USB I think it's really neat. It's got a USB charger <laughs> on it. It's really cool. For charging devices and comes with a DC power adapter. Uh... Yeah, I think it's all... I think it'll have really like the look of it. I, was, I, wasn't, I actually wasn't expecting it to be that big. But it's actually, you can fit an entire Series X inside of it. Yeah, it's... You know, it was funny, because I, I got quite confused. Because <laughs> I was reading an article and someone had it down as six foot tall. And I turned to it, okay, and I was like, six foot? Like, that's just short of how tall I <laughs> am. Fridge? Was it a, <laughs> an actual fridge? Was it, fridge? I, I, yeah, was, I thought it was, this thing was meant to be mini. Um, it was, obviously, someone's made a, a typo somewhere, but someone had it written down as six foot tall. And I was like, it can't be... Well, it's not There's a six no inches way. either. So I wonder what it is. A six. I don't know. Oh god, we we we, we worked it out, um, but I can't remember now. Oh, either way, it's, it's it's quite a bit bigger than the Series X. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you um, would expect it as a fridge. Yeah, I, I, in my head, I thought it was smaller or around the size of an actual Series X. But the fact you can fit a whole Series X inside of it is amazing. Anyway, I'll, I'll be getting that. So there's other news. Now I got quite excited about this. So on Sunday, the official Twitter account for Xbox Game Studios Publishing posted a tweet saying, We're excited to kick off something special tomorrow, they added. Just give us one more day to prepare the chickens. With a chicken emoji. We'd call it our fable anniversary, but that name was already taken. So, as soon as I saw that, (laughs) I thought... I thought of Roman. It's happening. Uh, I thought of Roman was very excited because he loves Fable. And I thought, I can't believe we're going to hear more about Fable. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not the case. We did not. They put another tweet. It says here in the story, the reference to chickens, maybe no one's played Fable before, but in chickens, which is kind of like an inside joke within the the Fable games. Um, you know, the, the chicken chaser. That kind of thing. Why did they call you Chicken Chaser? Why do they call you the Chicken Chaser? 
So it said they put out our tweet the next day saying, sorry for any confusion. We don't have any big game news tomorrow or any info about Playground's upcoming Fable game. Which was just awful. So I, yeah. <laughs> I got really excited. I thought, wow, they're actually showing Fable 4 tomorrow. Uh, but no, they're not. Unless after you hear this, maybe they have announced it, but they were just holding it back. Maybe we'll hear more about it. The Game Awards. Which is out very soon. I imagine you'll probably hear more at the Game Awards. Yeah. I hope so. So there's this other I big announcement, so well. which I thought was exciting. Uh, well, part of it was exciting, the other part wasn't, but it's understandable. Elden Ring has been delayed by a month, and a beta Elden test Ring is coming in November. So it was originally coming out in January, wasn't it? January 21st. It was January, uh... Yeah, so it was originally coming out in January 21st. It says here Elden Ring will release on the 25th. February 2022, as this depth and strategic freedom of the game exceed initial expectations. Thank you for your trust and patience. But they softened that blow uh, by coinciding the news of the delay with uh, that they're going to host an Eldering beta test next month on PlayStation and Xbox consoles. Players hoping to participate can register their interest before November uh, November 1st for the chance to do so. And it will take place between 12th of November and the 15th of November. So, Bill, have you signed up? I have. Have you? I have, twice. Uh, oh. Because I initially went to the American website and I had to create an account, but then I read the actual story and it said European players can go to this uh, URL. And I went to that URL and it allowed you to sign up without signing in or signing up for an account. Uh, so I put it through on two different emails. So hopefully, uh. yeah, that'll give me a, a chance to play it. Uh, play it. But some uh, leaked gameplay footage came out as well. Yeah, it, looked, for, it was an Xbox One gameplay. Yeah, it was like 60 frames. It looked actually... I, might, I suspect it's the Xbox One X version. But the landscape looked lovely. I'm really uh, curious what this game's going to be like. Uh, I know. Cause I can't wait. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's more open world. So I'm really curious what they're going to do with that because it's also, it's also been a linear single-player game. And also you've got Martin George R. R. Martin doing the story stuff. Um Yeah, I'm really, really interested. I'm glad we're getting a little taste of it as well. To see what the gameplay's like. So hopefully one of us again. Yeah, or hopefully. both of us again. That'll be good. Or both, yeah. So that was Elden Ring. So there's some other news. And I've been kind of getting caught up in the hype of this. Uh of the Grand GTA trilogy, the Definitive Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, so we mentioned this last week, but we didn't know, or I didn't mention it, or I mentioned it, but I wasn't sure whether it is going to be a physical release on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch only on December the seventh. But the PS5 and Series X and S versions will be arriving next year. Then it's the same with the mobile versions as well. And apparently, it's supposed to come out in November for £70 uh, on the Series X and PS5 and £60 for the Xbox One and Switch and PS4 so I imagine that'll be 65 and 55 Uh but that's not the more exciting part I just thought I'd add that in because uh, we mentioned it last week so another leak came out and it kind of blew up, it was quite exciting so there's, apparently the treasure will include GTA 5 Lake Controls 
So yeah. they're actually going back and because this is one of the I think I mentioned this last week or the week before I can't remember. But I said I hope they do something a bit more substantial instead of upresing it and increasing the frame rate. But it sounds like they're really going back. This is by a guy called Allocator, who's a, a person on the GTA forums, and he leaked all the previous stuff. Like he leaked the you know the initial announcement for this and all the other stuff that you've heard. Um, even the achievements and the pictures of the icons for the game and stuff like that. So the guy is legit, and basically he found this uh, an official Rockstar product description that he data mined from the website. So here it is. Three iconic cities, three epic stories. I won't do that, don't worry. Play the genre-defined <laughs> classics of the original GTA trilogy, Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City and GTA Grand Theft Auto San Andreas updated for a new generation now with across the board enhancements including brilliant new lighting and environmental upgrades high resolution textures increased draw distances GTA 5 style controls and targeting and much much more bringing these beloved worlds to life of all new levels of detail I think that's awesome like I'm actually it got me way more excited because I, I generally thought this would just be a quick cash grab, but mm-hmm. it sounds like they put a lot of work into the it. They actually put quite a lot of work into it. Yeah, because apparently leaked to, I don't know if it's in this story, I'm getting these all from Video Games Chronicle, by the way, for anyone wondering. But I think, I'll, I'll go to the forum post actually, because it actually came out with the PC requirements. And they're quite insane for a mm-hmm. 20-year-old game. Um, I'll see if I can find it. Maybe it's on the highlighted posts. Scroll all the way up. Ah, here it is. So the minimum requirements. I won't go into processors or anything like that, but the minimum requirements is like a GTX 760 and 45 gigabytes of storage space. 45. Oh, that's quite big, actually. Yeah. I was expecting it to be. The processor is an Intel Core i5-2700K. And for the recommended, it's a Intel Core i7 6600K and a GTX 970 with 16 gigs of RAM and 45 gigabytes of storage space. So it's quite a chunky game. So it sounds like they've maybe, because all the, imagine all the, the textures were originally high resolution when they first developed it, but mm-hmm. they had to compress it for the 8 gigabyte disk on the PS2 and the Xbox uh, and PC. So imagine they're using a lot of uncompressed or lesser compressed textures and audio as well because they had to was also, I, remember, I don't know if you remember this but when you listen to cutscenes like the audio of the voice acting was like decent quality but then when you're driving them within the car it like really drops down in detail um, yeah as that was one of the jarring things I remember from playing that so hopefully now like the audio is actually higher resolution but it's exciting that they're adding in GTA Five still controls and targeting because it'll make those games way more playable. Because I found them quite hard to go back to when I played them on the PS4. Mm-hmm. So at least now we'll actually be able to play them without and enjoy them. Yeah, enjoy them. So I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely very excited about it, and I want it to come out soon so I can play it. I think that's all your time in GTA. Yeah, I, I, I do want to play all of them. 
I am really. I still think I love. You've never played San Andreas, have you? Never finished it. Oh, you never finished it. Well, no, you can. So yep. I think what they're planning on doing, they might actually release them separately. They're saying on the for the Rockstar launcher, they're all act as three separate executables. And uh-huh. so when you buy the collection, they'll just give you three separate games. Like on the Xbox, you'll just have three separate boxes to pick from. Yeah. Um. So I imagine it might be like that because they all have because this the apparently the splash screens leaked out for when you load up the game. So you want it on the Xbox when you load up, mm-hmm. it comes up with the splash screen. Apparently they leaked out and they have their own three separate versions. So uh-huh. I imagine there are three separate executables. So you could, if you just want, if anyone out there just wants to play one of the games, you can just. I imagine it could just potentially buy just buy San Andreas if you only want to play that. Uh, uh-huh. I'll buy all three, but. I'm, I think Vice City and San Andreas will be easier to go back to because I'm not, I'm not sure about you because like because Vice City came out one year after three, but the difference in the quality between those two games is quite massive in my opinion. Even just mm-hmm. down to the cutscenes, the voice acting, the music, even just the gameplay. Like even it's funny actually. For enough, I listened to the Jam Podcast and Jeff Gershon said something somewhere. Like he felt. That the jump from GT three to Vice City was so massive that when GT Vice City came out, like it made GT three feel dated, even though it was only a year ago. Because GT three feels like a game that was in development for a long time, and they were trying to figure things out because this was never really done before. And then they put it out there, but uh, from everything they learned from GT three, they put it into Vice City, and it just turned out to be a much better game. Um, because the story in GT three was kind of nothing. But in Vice City, there's a lot of memorable characters. You've got that Ken Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got what's the other guy's name? The guy oh, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm saying memorable characters, and I can't even remember their names. Huh. Um, that guy. Vice City characters. I'll recognize them. See them. Oh, Lance Vance, of course. Lance Vance dance. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Lance Vance dance. Oh, you got Phil Cassidy, who's the weird military guy who's obsessed with guns. Uh, oh, Kent Paul, you got Kent Paul in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Den- Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer. D- Danny Dyer. All right, mate, Kent Paul here. Drop um, it. <laughs> uh, Avery Carrington. I'm not sure if you remember him. He was like the, the guy that wore the Texan guy, wore the cowboy hat and stuff. I think he was like a in charge of some real estate stuff. Um, Mercedes Cortez, who was the daughter of the guy who had the big yacht, uh, in GTA Vice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the big yacht. Um, Ricardo Diaz, he's the one who had that big mansion. Uh, so yeah, a lot, of, a lot of memorable characters in um Vice City and GTA Three as well. Uh, San Andreas, because the amazing about GTA San Andreas is like. It actually brings all the characters from well, all of them, but a lot of the characters from the first two games into San Andreas. So uh, Kent Paul actually features quite a lot in San Andreas. Um, yeah. And also Ken Rosenberg's br- brother, I think, is in it as well. Um, Dawn with Love. There's just so many memorable characters in those GTA games. So I'm getting 20, uh, yeah, Dawn with Love. Or Mitch Baker. Or The Truth. There's just a lot of great characters in San Andreas. So I'm excited to go back and see them again. But you should definitely finish San Andreas. It's a very good game. 
Yeah, no, I definitely will. It's so ambitious. Like, it's way more ambitious than uh, GTA Five, in my opinion. Because it's like three cities in one. So you've got Los Santos. Then you've got the countryside. So as you play the game, it's like you start off on Los Santos, for those who don't know. Then, you know what like the other Vice City games, uh, the GTA games, they kind of block off progression, like you can't go to the other islands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, there's like, when you first start GTA 3, like you come out of that police van and the, bu- the bridge is blown up. Um, or Vice City, they're like a storm oh, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't cross the bridge because of a storm. When you try, you get police... Six Monty stars or something like that. I think I'm pretty sure they had they had they didn't have that in San Andreas or maybe they did. I think they did actually. But it's a bit difficult because it's not all islands. It's like it's all one big state, so they're connected by roads. It's not by. Uh, I think San Los Santos and Las Venturas are. I remember distinctly remember taking the train, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me in. It was blocked off, so maybe they do block the. Prevent progression because I remember. Yeah, I do remember actually. I remember trying to sneak over, and the police would come whenever I tried to break into Las Venturas. But anyway, you start off in Los Santos. We get the countryside, and you have missions there. And once you're done missions in the countryside, you go to San Fierro, which is San Francisco, and Los Santos is LA. Then you do stuff in San Fierro. Then you've got the desert, Bone County, which is based in Nevada. Um, then after Bone County, the desert stuff, you've got Las Venturas, which is Las Vegas. And it's just awesome. There's like little, so many subplots and major plots within each of these areas. There's so many different characters. It's just it's such an ambitious game for the time. It was absolutely massive. And it was one of the biggest, I think it was at that time, the biggest open world game. Well, until World of Warcraft came out. Um, no. On console, at least. It's just, it's, it's really good. I'm really excited to get back into it and experience it again. An even better, an even better version. And it's got an amazing soundtrack as well, which I own. It does. So do you, San Andreas, you go straight to the burger place and become fat AJ and play the whole game <laughs> fat. CG. Yeah, I remember doing that, like just like constantly eating until I threw up. Just wanted to be this big chunky guy. Yeah, that was the same. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, you can get like change your haircut and everything as well. Or go to the gym and get buff. Would it actually impact. Oh, it's totally ripped. Yeah, it would actually impact your stamina in the main game as well. And make you stronger and stuff like that. Yeah. It's really cool. You also get like girlfriends and stuff like that and you can date them. Uh, there's just so many cool things in the original GTA. Uh, San Andreas. Did you ever play the PSP versions? versions? Um, yeah, I think I played Vice City Stories. Because Vice City Stories um, was very different because you could like... Yeah. Um, I wish they would remaster those because it yeah, had this whole like. Yeah, it'd be good to actually because it had what Liberty City stories and Vice City stories. Yeah, that's right. Uh, originally on the PSP, then they had PS2 versions as well, but um, I had to play them both on PSP. And Vice City stories was like pretty major because you had this whole empire build uh, thing to it. You could build yeah. up an empire, buy properties, um. Which they kind of dabbled in Vice City. Remember, you could buy like the Malibu Club and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forget about that. Then, when you bought them, there was like missions tied to them. You could buy like Coffin's Cabs and that kind of thing. There was missions tied to that. Um, but that was, that was as far as it went. It just opened up some little subplots. Whereas in Vice City Stories, like you could earn money from owning properties and stuff like that and running rackets. You could run rackets as well. 
Uh, also, you could go to the stadium and watch Phil Collins perform in the air tonight. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, like, I think one of the missions, like you have to rescue Phil Collins. Yeah, uh, I think so. And he voice acts the whole thing. It's just awesome. Uh, so I wish the remaster for them. Those two, those two games. They're really good. God, I'd love that, actually. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, they're a really... Because a lot of people don't think back to them. Well, not well, I'm sure people are very fond of them, but you don't really hear about them as much as you do of the sort of main three. GT3, Face no, 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 San Andreas. But I really loved the stories games. They were really, really excellent. And just kind of mind-blowing on a PSP. It was always the dream back then, wasn't it? Like, to, like... Yeah. Just have a PS2 on the go. I remember just getting Vice City Stories for... Uh, Liberty City Stories for Christmas in the PSP and just was obsessed with it. It was just amazing. Like having a GTA, playing a GTA game in bed. Uh, I'm done the bus to school. I missed the PSP. It was such a good week on PSP is so good. Such an amazing little handheld. And the Vita. The, the Vita is fabulous a, as well. Vita still might be my favourite. I'll absolutely love the Vita. The Vita's doing, doing things in 2012 that Switch, Switch still can't do. Um... Well, it's doing it did things in 2012 that Switch is now just doing, like so, like the OLED screens and stuff. That, but also that's a good point. The OLED, was it? yeah, exactly. That was what, nearly a decade ago. The Vita was doing that, but also you've got party chat, messaging, friends list. Also, they have the friends list on the Switch, but you can't really do much of that. Um, yeah, it's a bit rubbish. Yeah, I had like the PlayStation Store and that kind of thing. Um, Netflix, even. Yeah, it was just, or your an email client or a web browser if you really wanted to use that. Which then sort of bit them in the bum because a lot of people use that to hack it. Uh, but yeah, just PSEA is awesome. I think you can actually, yeah, because I own Vice City Stories on the PS Vita because I bought it through the PlayStation Store. So you can play them that way if you own a Vita. Or it's a true, Vita actually. TV. A Vita TV. Oh, God, I've still got mine somewhere, actually. Uh, they're worth a pretty penny now, by the way. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. I'll check right now. Let's talk about the original box. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Not with the microphone. PlayStation. Yeah, they're very sought after because uh, no one bought them. So on eBay, going for 100 plus pound. Oofed. I think I only paid about 50 for mine. Yeah, I remember when you bought it. Bought it quite cheap. Yeah, it was just so I could play a couple of Vita games on the TV. Um, I actually thought it was a really, really cool wee device. I really did. Really did. Yeah, a lot, the just reason a lot of people did. want to buy it is because it's a really good PS1 emulator. Ah. So a lot of people like to... And a PSP sure emulator people were well. emulating them like five, six years ago. I know, but it's like to have like a little box that you can... Plug into PS1 the TV and play PS1 and PSP game because there's not a lot of there's not like a lot of well there's there's PSP emulators out there I've used them this year actually but it's just to have it in like a little box that you can play Vita games PSP games and PS1 games on your TV uh, without having to set up a PC or anything like that or mess with emulate uh, unofficial emulators so it's quite a sought after because they didn't make a lot of them so if you're ever looking to sell anything for money you can sell that. I'll keep it in mind. Don't actually realise. Yeah, the white of. Do you have a black one? 
as a black one, yeah. Yeah, the black ones are the white ones go for a bit more. Yeah, they, they, they never really saw them. Oh, yeah, they're quite rare. Be a lot of them for Japan, from Japan. There's not a lot from here on sale, actually. There's 12 people watching this one at £80. When's that finish? Soon. The original box and everything. I imagine that'll sell for over £100. Yeah. Same with the Vitas as well. They go for a lot. Yeah, I've still got my OG Vita. Yeah, I don't plan on getting rid of it. No, no, no. I don't plan on getting rid of mine either. Yeah, I don't like it too much. Uh... So yeah, that was G- a lot of GTA talk there. <laughs> the achievements also leaked out as well. We didn't talk about that last week, but it's a lot of your standard stuff, complete story missions, kill 100 gang members, crush a car in a junkyard, this is GTA 3, find 100 hidden packages, just your usual. Vice City, deliver to... Oh, that's right, you can deliver pizzas in Vice City, the little quad bike, or the oh, yeah. moped. I about um, Own 10 properties. Uh, unique jumps. Finish the missions, blah, blah, blah. Find hidden packages. I think San Andreas is a little bit different. Reach maximum weight. I'll have two number nine. That's, one of the, <laughs> that's the name of the achievement. Uh, yeah, like get to level 12 and paramedic missions, blah, blah, blah. So just your usual achievements, but it looks like there's three separate lists for each game. So this the theory of them being separately available must be true. Right. So I have one last story. Nintendo has finally announced the price for their new subscription tier. Switch Online plus expansion. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, actually. So the expansion pack tier, which required to play the N64 games and the Sega Mega Drive games, but also the Animal Crossing, new Animal Crossing DLC as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, Animal Crossing. Which is an interesting inclusion. Apparently for 12 months uh, it's now £35, which is up from £18 uh, for the one without the expansion pack. What do you think? Do you think that's too expensive? No, I, I wasn't too surprised by the price. Um, like, Considering how much you pay for like PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold, it doesn't really like a lot of it must be down to licensing to get the games that they're putting on the Nintendo Online service. You're actually you're actually right there because I think after it came the new came out, apparently it's the licensing of the Sega games. Yeah, they're asking for a but better the, cut. That would be expensive. So that, that that's why for me pers- that for me when they were like, Oh it's thirty five pounds, I was like, eh. Like I'm not surprised that it's that much. Um I know a lot of people are like, Oh, it's too expensive, but like you don't need to do that. Um you can still because you, you can still do the eighteen pound and you don't get those games. Um See my problem because I bought the eighteen pound one when I got the Switch OLED to get mm-hmm. my game saves that were wiped. But I'm just going to buy a monthly sub for it. I'm like, well, I feel like yeah, playing that's, it. Well, pay the three pound, whatever it is, four pound, uh, three fifty. Uh, probably a little bit more than that. Um, because I know it's not going to be. Uh, I'm not going to be playing N64 games all day every day, so I may as well 
buy it for a month and just try out those games and mm-hmm. then forget about it. Then when another interesting game comes along, I'll sub sub for a month again. Sub again. And try it out. So a lot of people are freaking out about it, but no one's going to make you buy a year's worth. No. one's expecting you to buy a year's worth. So just buy. You're going to do what everyone else is going to do. You're going to play it for five minutes and go, oh, this is my childhood. Nostalgia. And then move on. You'll never play it again. Yeah. I do see myself actually playing a lot of Mario Kart, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. If you need to play it online. Get LKN on as well. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be pretty fun. Yeah, I've always dreamed of that. I remember when I was younger, I actually had a dream that my that my N sixty four actually had was connected to the internet at one point. So I think we just got internet at like dial up at that time, and I thought, oh, it'd be, it'd be amazing to connect us to the N sixty four. I remember I had this very vivid dream of me playing online with people, and woke up being all excited, then quickly realized it wasn't true. So the fact that Clearly, it's something I've. Uh, if I still have vivid memories of that from the nineties to this day, it's clearly it's something I've wanted for a long time. So it's finally happening, even though it's not proper online; it's only with friends. But that's still amazing, and I can't wait. Uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah, pay for my month sub, and I think that take my money, Nintendo again. Yes, my five pound, whatever it will be. Uh. But yeah, this, this year is the 20th anniversary of Xbox, so apparently there's going to be some sort of celebrations occurring. Uh, for example, on Xbox.com, they've changed it to the Blades. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Looks awesome. So I imagine they'll change it to the NXE, the one the the dashboard after that. Uh, so we had to see what they do, what they're, what they get planned. Because I know they're doing their special edition controller and headsets, but hopefully... Uh, there's something a bit more than that. The controller looks amazing. I really want one. Yeah, I like the see-throughness of it. And I think that is everything. I'm having a look, but I'm not really seeing. Though I, I noticed this, and I didn't. Who is it? Who's making the Call of Duty this time? Is it Sledgehammer? Sledgehammer. Yeah, I think so. So apparently, Vanguard has zombies in it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's got all the modes. So it's got your single player, your multiplayer, and the zombies. So World War Two zombies is back. Yeah, so although I'm assuming they'll be adding in all the World at War maps. That'd be awesome. I hope so. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they didn't, to be honest. It says here from Stalingrad to Shinonuma, you'll fight Von Lis on a Darmian off fronts. Shinonuma was um that was a map. Um, no, was That's it? What I thought. Was Shinonuma a map in World at War? Sounds like one. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. I'm thinking it may have been actually. I'm sure it was. She knows who it was. It was the second one in the swamp. Yeah. Have a quick look. Sure it was. Or the third one even, because you had um Nachturuntatun. Yeah, as she knows. Can't remember what the f- one. That's it here. Yeah. Apparently, it's and been in World of War, Black Ops, and Black Ops Three. Oh, right, so it's featured a lot then. Yeah, I don't remember it in Black Ops. Maybe we didn't buy those expansion packs. We didn't really play much of the zombies, we just played more multiplayer in Black Ops. Oh, we didn't Ops. like the zombies that in Black Ops. I thought the beer president one, wasn't it? The other president? Yeah. But yeah, I was quite surprised to see that, because I quite enjoyed the zombie mode in Cold War. 
Yeah, I I, I played tons of zombies in yeah. World of War. We actually, yeah, we did. We played quite a lot of it, didn't we? Finished it even. Uh, but yeah, that is that. I'm not seeing anything else that is too exciting. Though they've got the... Actually, I thought that was actually relevant to Call of Duty. Their new anti, anti-cheat system is leaked. Yeah. It's been hacked already. I know, it didn't take long, did it? <laughs> that was like part of the the big reveal for the new Call of Duty as well, was the new anti-cheat system. Yep, and it's been cheat- hacked already. Yeah, the cheating is rife in that game. So, looks like it's going to continue. Anyhow, and it though, always will. I don't oh, think they can get... No, I don't think they'll no, ever... No, not a game that big. Like it's, it's going to continue for a long time. All games suffer from I think even people in the Battlefield beta managed to hack that as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it, if it's online, it, you know, people are going to try and hack it. The way to avoid it on console, at least, is turn off crossplay. Yeah, I just wish there was an option for like crossplay on consoles only, and like ignore. Yeah, oh, you can pick and choose who you crossplay with. Yeah, but obviously that would require a lot of work on the back end for the game. Yeah, uh, but it would help a lot with the cheaters on the console version, at least. Right, Bill, that was that. That was episode seven. That was. We finally made it to the end. After two hours. Not that we were yep. dying to get here, it just went by very quick. Because uh, we had a lot to talk about. So we will be back next week. Uh, if you came here because of the ad from the other podcast, thank you for coming. We hope you enjoyed our very original ad. We spent a lot of time on it. Yep, two minutes. Two minutes. That, that two minutes was better than the entirety of our last ad. So Yeah. <laughs> Which is terrible. But anyway, that was us. Thank you for listening. We are the Gamer Nuts. You can contact us at at Nessie, N-A-E-S-S-I-E on Twitter, or Billy at Red Shoes for Life, like the Left 4 Dead. Uh, if you wish us to give us any feedback or abuse, you can t- contact us there. Uh, we will take Maybe it right in the chat. That's the... I would be very happy if we did, like if someone listened. That's how I would take it as well. <laughs> Just don't send death threats, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Just Yes. Or keep it to a minimum anyway. Yeah, yeah. Just very very tame threats. I think just don't don't dox us or anything like that. Huh. But yes, that's us. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye. The Game of Odds. Brought to you with love. And we're done.